White Cloud shoots. Not down. A rebound. Score! Chandler Stevenson. Rebound goal for the Knights. Chandler with two great looks in that sequence. Nobody is ever satisfied with one. So we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael shuffling down to the goal line. Carlson dancing out in front. Score! Backhand pass. Carlson to Marcheseau. What a goal! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Here is Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Got a game rating coming up on the Beach K Insider Show regarding last night's 2-1 overtime victory by the Vegas Golden Knights uh, back on the winning track. And uh, on a night that a lot of people were winning hockey games and uh, keeping up with the Joneses in the Western Conference was key for the VGK last night, and they were able to uh, pick up those two points. We've also got uh, an update on the Henderson Silver Knights and what's happening uh, over at the Dollar Loan Center, a weekend uh, doubleheader against the Admirals of Milwaukee, and uh, that goes tonight at 7 o'clock, and tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock, the Las Vegas Thunder uh, Tribute Night. Uh, We'll spend some time on that in just a little bit. Darren Millard, Chris Chapman, and Ryan Wallace, uh, we are scattered around the Las Vegas Valley. Some great tournament action happening over here at City National Arena as uh, we come out of Studio 31. Uh, last night's game, uh, underrated part of the game. I, I thought the, the blue line was connected uh, and was really good defending against a dangerous rush team in the Boston Bruins. Uh, one of my sort of uh, takeaways that weren't headlines. Yeah, I, I think certainly they the the connected nature of, of which the Golden Knights played and, and the structure for me, like obviously that was maybe more so a headline than anything else. But the fact that the Golden Knights were, you know, more in tune with how they want to and need to defend uh, is a big story coming out of, of the game. And certainly one that you, that you gives you a little bit of hope moving forward, that this is, is something the Golden Knights can kind of jump off of and jump off from and, and kind of take this into tomorrow night's game against Calgary and certainly the rest of this homestand and into uh, into the, the road trip going into the bye week. Without uh, there being a goal through the first uh, two periods last night, Vegas had actually gone uh, five periods uh, without scoring. But last night was different than the Colorado game. I remember yesterday we were going through, okay, uh, Brett Howden had a great chance uh, that went off the post. Uh, Mark Stone was set up wonderfully in front, and Yorgiev uh, made a big save. And we made the statement that if you can recall off the top of your head the best scoring chances and be confident you're not missing out on anything, Mm -hmm. they didn't generate enough. And last night was a much different story. Even though it was a goalless game through 40 minutes, uh, what I loved about the team and uh, is not a headline but was the number of different players that had great scoring chances or really solid looks. And Barbashev is in there. Marcia So, yeah. uh, Chandler Stevenson, Nick Waugh, Mark Stone, uh, Jack Eichel, uh, all had uh, really good opportunities uh, from players that, uh, that, that I had uh, written down of uh, were pushing the pace a little bit. Yeah, it's it's wild in that, you know, it was a 0-0 game until 47 minutes in, but it quite frankly could have been 3-2 by the end of the first period, right? Like that's how 
quality the chances were and, and how great the looks were. Um, really in that first period on both sides, David Pasternak makes an all-world play early on in the game. But then, as you mentioned, like Jonathan Marcheseau had a couple of really good looks. Mark Stone had uh, a great opportunity right off to the side of the net. And the fact that the Golden Knights were getting to the front of the net, they were getting there as shots were arriving and they were battling out in front, uh, a lot of their best looks came because of that battle inside. Uh, drawing penalties as well. They continue to be one of the top teams in the National Hockey League in the plus-minus difference between penalties drawn mm -hmm. and penalties taken. What I mean by that is that they draw far more penalties than they take, and uh, I think they're a little bit underserved and always have been. Uh, with uh, with how many penalties that uh, or power plays that they actually do get, mm -hmm. but uh, they continue to have that advantage, and that's going to help out. They I, they needed all five man advantages sure. last night yeah. uh, before they connected, so uh, that ad advantage uh, was was magnified last night. Sure, and you know for this team, I, I think that a lot of it uh, has to do with, and, and maybe when you know when they don't have as much jump or, or they're not. You know they they don't have the the vigor and the energy that they had last night. You you kind of leave some of those pow power plays on the table, right? Because you're you're either not moving your feet or you're not getting yourself into a position where the opposition has to uh, make an infraction. So I think for the Golden Knights, the fact that they were able to draw five last night is a good indicator of where they were from an energy perspective, and and they needed it. They needed it. Uh, Paul Cotter skated with Nick Waugh and Michael Amadio last night, and uh, it was Brett Howden with Jonas Rombjerg mm -hmm. and Keegan Colasar. Uh, I think there were some, like Grigori Denisenko definitely deserved the promotion and, and the look this week. Yeah. And uh, if, when he gets another chance, there's probably a little bit more comfort uh, that's going to come out of that. But there's a, a certain comfort level. Uh, that this coaching staff will have with uh, a Jonas Rombjerg and then Caden Korzak being inserted in the lineup uh, different than Lucas Cormier. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly uh, a little more size, can be a little more physical, not that uh, it was a, a bang him out uh, Don Cherry Rock'em Sock'em type game, but uh, the first shift that Korzak had, uh, there was a significant uh, physical presence uh, with his game. But uh, those two players uh, coming back into the lineup and uh, having uh, played uh, some significant uh, roles. And, and if you're going to put somebody in like Ron Bierg on, on that uh, fourth line, mm -hmm. he, he, he's okay there. He, like, he's comfort the, comfortable there. When I say okay there, mm -hmm. I mean like he, he's very reliant, and it, it doesn't put the pressure on him to be an offensive guy. Uh, he hasn't been able to score in the National Hockey League like he has in the American Hockey League. But the there's a trust uh, factor in a Jonas Rombjerg on the ice. So I thought that was uh, a help in the confidence level going against a, a team like Boston. He's steady, right? Like, you you know what you're going to get out of Jonas Rombjerg. You know that when he's on the ice, like, more often than not, if if the, if they if the Golden Knights have the puck, it's going to go north, and more often than not, he's going to be the first guy in, and he's going to get to work down low. He's a really good forechecker. He 
uh, again, is, is incredibly steady. It's it's the right play at the right time more often than 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 not. And you know, as as far as Caden Korzak goes, I've loved Caden Korzak alongside Braden McNabb. Um, you mentioned it. It's it's a different look, a, a different type of flavor from what you get with Lucas Cormier. And you know, we we kind of wondered if if it would take Caden a little bit of time to kind of get his his footing back or his timing back. But I thought he was excellent all night long. Two of the three pairings that would be together if you had your starting six with Shea Theodore in the lineup mm-hmm. were back together last night. Yeah. Uh, Alec Martinez and Alex Petrangelo, and then you had Haig and White Cloud together again. Yeah, and, and I think that continuity certainly does help, right, especially when we start to think about um, – their structure and, and how they played defensively, just getting that familiarity back and, and kind of in the same slots too, right? Like you had, um, you know, McNabb and, and Korzak taking on similar type of, of minutes and, and settings as to what you get out of McNabb and, and Theodore. And so I think that that allows the Golden Knights to get a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more confident in how they're deploying their defense. And it showed last night. So against Colorado, there was a hold on theme to that second period mm-hmm. where they, they were behind, but the, they were, the game was still within reach, but it didn't feel like there was a push coming from Vegas. It was more trying to not uh, let it get out of hand and give your, by yourself some time if, if you could ever get back into it and, and, and stage a push. Last night, it was a 0-0 game after two, but it just was a much different, uh, much more proactive uh, a feel by the Vegas Golden Knights. And, and I, I credit a lot of that to really how Vegas played in the back half of the second period. Um, once Jack Eichel and Mark Stone went down, I, I thought that there was, you know, and maybe it's just because you're you're going over the boards and you're not necessarily sure exactly who you're out there with. Uh, you just have to kind of go and, and make the simple play. And I thought the Golden Knights did that in the back half of the second period, they started to kind of get more of that territorial advantage on the Boston Bruins in the back half of the second. And and that, to me, uh, was really kind of where I, I felt like the Golden Knights gained uh, some of that confidence, a little bit of that swagger, and a little bit of that belief that they would be able to, to put something together in the third period. So some of the numbers out of last night's game. Uh, Boston outshot Vegas 33-25. Yeah. It's that that that's accurate. Vegas had more shot attempts, though. Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't it wasn't uh, as tilted as maybe a an eight shot advantage looks in a box score. Sure. Would you agree with that? Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Um, physically, very even game. I. It wasn't uh, go out and and put you through the boards type game last night but that was a hard really it, it was what you would call a lack of a better term a man's game mm-hmm. big boy game yeah uh, put your big boy pants on and and go out there it, and make it, it happen it, it was an in the trenches work boots type of game uh the third period uh was if you go by the box score was controlled by boston mm-hmm. did it feel that way uh, like a, a 15 six shot advantage or or difference it it didn't early on it did after vegas scored mm-hmm. right like i think that it was a strong push to the finish for the boston bruins but 
you know, even even when you say that, right, like the scramble and the scorpion save happened for the Golden Knights within that final four or five minutes of gameplay. So it's not like the Golden Knights didn't have a couple of looks themselves, but it did feel like the push that Boston had that led to that discrepancy was after the Vegas Golden Knights scored their goal. They both had chances to win it in regulation. Yeah. Barbashev with the chaotic shift uh, in the Boston zone in which they were causing all kinds of disruptions was in just under five minutes. And then Logan Thompson made a deflection save. And it was one of those saves with that high tip that Darren Elliott just looked over at me. It was like he was puck tracking himself and he was looking at uh, <laughs> a puck go into his, his blocker uh, because he's southpaw. And I was to his, his, uh, his left and he looked at me and went, whoa, like big save. Yeah, That's a big huge. save. And you almost had to be at the right angle to be able to see it. You would have saw it for where you were watching the game last night, and it was a perfect tip. And there was three or four of those last night where uh, he was just uh, in the in the right spot. And you can't necessarily plan for that uh, but because the, the first time you do, uh, they're going to miss the tip, and it's going to go right in, uh, <laughs> that type of thing. But, uh, but his reaction last night uh, was, was really good. Didn't, didn't create any drama uh, on his own by leaving pucks around or, or uh, uh, bad handoffs uh, with his defense, and uh, I like that idea. But, uh, but the, the fact that both teams – we're, we're trading some chances in the final five minutes, made it an entertaining game. Uh, but the Vegas Golden Knights beat the Boston Bruins. Imagine this, like first time since uh, year number one that mm-hmm. they beat the Boston Bruins at T-Mobile. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's wild. And they did it with Bruce Cassidy behind the Vegas bench, mm-hmm. standing just uh, outside uh, of the area underneath that Stanley Cup banner. Right. And... I like that Bruce leans into that a little bit. He doesn't gloat by any means, but he he wants to beat the Boston Bruins, mm-hmm. and he doesn't ignore that fact or play that fact down. It's not uh, any type of uh, uh, being a uh, a bad winner or rubbing salt in, in the wound. Mm-hmm. He wants to beat the Boston Bruins. Uh, yeah, my favorite part from last night's post-game press conference, and I mean, there were a lot of favorite parts. Like uh, he, Bruce was was absolutely phenomenal, and, and we've come to just you know take that for granted maybe sometimes. But um, I love to beat the Bruins. Yeah. Direct quote from Bruce Cat: I love to beat the Bruins, and it's amazing because again, like it's a human nature type of thing. Like anyone that tells you otherwise is lying to you. Like. If you are in a position where you have you have been uh, where you've moved on or, or the, a team has moved on from you, every single time you go up against that team, you want to beat them. If, if if whether you're a player, whether you're a coach, it doesn't matter. That's what you want. And I I love Bruce Cassidy being so forthright and honest and just saying, yeah, I love to beat the Bruins. Amazing. Let's get into our game rating from last night. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to. All of life's problems. Yeah! Chapman. All right. Well, it was it was a good game. I thought they played a really good game. Uh, a lot of positives, a lot to take away from it. Um, I would have liked to have seen them maybe score a little more, but you know, there's there's listen. They won the game. They got three. They got the points. That's really all that matters. Are almost, you arguing with yourself? No. You keep no. justifying things and then no, you follow I'm, it up with it with like almost counterpoints. No, no, no. I'm just okay. saying that you know I wish they would have scored more goals. Okay. It was a little uncomfortable for me because 
Boston, a really good team. Uh, obviously, you go 1-1 in the overtime with a team like that, it's possible you could lose that game. So I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. I'm going to go with the Scotch. Boston, the fewest regulation losses in the National Hockey League. They're just good. Like like yeah. watching them, like they're they're actually really enjoyable to watch. Yeah. Like I enjoy watching them play. Yeah. Wallace. Um okay. all right. Um I, I I'm going I'm going Dom P. I'm going five out of five. Listen. You what, you seem hesitant here. I'm not I'm not hesitant. Like what, what's the uh Because Chapman just went four here. out of five for okay. a five out of five game. Oh, okay. So, okay. oh, you're disappointed in I'm, Chapman. I'm disappointed okay. in Chapman yeah. because I, I I, don't know about you, Darren. I don't know where you're going with it. But to me, you look at everything that was going on in that game. You look at losing Jack Eichel and Mark Stone in the second period, not having any idea as to whether or not those two players were going to come back. You're already dealing with injuries that are happening that are you know, causing some disruption in terms of your lineup. It felt like one of those games where the world was literally crumbling around you and the Golden Knights go out and they beat one of the best teams in the National Hockey League, a team that, uh, as you mentioned, Chapman, is incredibly good and fun to watch. They're so smooth with the puck. Uh, their their decision-making in the offensive zone is second to none. Like, they are so incredibly good. Logan Thompson had the best game that I've ever seen him play. And you get back to being the Vegas Golden Knights. You win the way that you want to, especially right now when the op- Chapman doesn't like what I'm saying. He just turned my mic off. Anyway, uh, especially when when you haven't been scoring as much, the fact that they were able to hang in, win a 2-1 game, be right there, and and skate stride for stride with the Boston Bruins means something to me. Alex Petrangelo scoring a goal means something to me. And the fact that Mark Stone sets up the game winner when you just didn't know if he was coming back for the third period, that's such a boost. It's 5 out of 5 all the way. Uh, I went 5 out of 5 as well. Uh, Just there's so much goodness about that game or something to build off of with that result last night uh, in being able to convert off of the gutsiness of staying in the game in the second period when the world was going sideways and your star players came up big on both goals scored and your goaltender stepped in and uh, made a wonderful performance. Every piece of the organization had an impact in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, hockey operations, uh, the general manager, uh, makes some transactions to bring players up from the Henderson Silver Knights. The coach makes all the right decisions and is a calming influence uh, with the coaching staff uh, during that wild second period. The star players uh, score the goal on the power play. The depth players are able to compete uh, against a a very uh, talented and competitive Boston Bruins hockey club, and the goaltender uh, stands tall. So it was a five-tool game. They they call those stars in baseball five-tool players. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was a a five-tool performance by the Vegas Golden Knights, so I'm a five out of five as well with a Dom Perignon. One thing I am little curious about hmm. is Chapman that petty <laughs> that you challenge him for not uh, going the max yeah and offering up some Dom Perignon shuts that he shuts off. your yeah. mic off no, my my finger slipped how did your finger slip because I was playing with the board why I don't know I, I was just you know it's just a fidget yeah okay and I accidentally hit the off button, so my finger slipped. Yeah, yeah. No, it, you you shut me off. You tried. And to I turned you me. right back on, and I let you finish your point. 
If I was petty, I wouldn't have turned it back on. I would have been like, <laughs> he let you finish your yeah. point. How yeah. dare? Uh, how, how noble of you, Chapman. Thank it, you. It was an accident. It wasn't anything intentional. How why did you not go Why is your hand even near there? Because yeah, That's I was a great fidgety. question. I was being fidgety. You've got a keyboard in yeah, front I of you. I can't hit the keyboard. if I hit, I don't know what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, no, you I, can't hit the keyboard. You can just turn my mic off. I don't know what's going to happen if I start oh pushing buttons gosh. on the keyboard in this studio. Unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know. Fiddle, fiddle with, the, with the phone. It never works. I'm going to come over and show you how to unmute your computer. Is there? I think that was meant to to Gary too. Uh, <laughs> I think I, it was. I think it was. Yeah, no, no. What? Gary, Gary oh. had some uh, during the old Zoom process. Yeah. Uh, he had some unmuting uh, uh, challenges. During, okay, during that listen. Journey. I forgot listen. I had some good Pete drops. Okay, so. number one, I was just going to compliment you on having that drop because <laughs> it, it redeems the millions of drops that you have. And then you just say, "Ah, I forgot that I had that." Yeah. Well, I'm looking right at it. Well, no, no, right, no, but it, but no, it doesn't no, no, lend no, any not, credence no, no, no. to what your. What I said was, I said I forgot how many good Pete drops I have. Okay, wow. Because there, there's a couple more in here, so that one was good. That was an A plus drop, Chapman. Well, I'm glad I redeemed myself. That was a Dom P drop for oh, you. Oh, well, thank you. Another transaction uh, today with the organization on the heels of Korzak uh, being recalled uh, yesterday, and Jonas Romberg being inserted in the lineup uh, from Henderson. Isaiah Seville uh, loaned back to the Silver Knights. Uh, he's expected to play tonight mm. uh, against uh, Milwaukee in the AHL game over at the Dollar Loan Center. And then tomorrow afternoon, they will play a 3 o'clock start. Brian McCormick and Darren Elliott will have the call uh, for you on both radio and television as the Silver Knights will wear their tribute sweaters mm-hmm. to the Las Vegas Thunder. Mm-hmm. I have seen those yeah. and they are spectacular with a big uh, lucky yep. uh, mascot uh, yep. representation on the front of the sweaters and uh, it, it, it is a really cool look uh, by the Henderson Silver Knights. Yeah, and the, uh, the Henderson Silver Knights actually have a post out on X. I, I retweeted it as well so you can find that at Ryan Hockey Guy but uh, it's got these sweaters and they are immaculate they're amazing i love them especially that they're teal like i i understand kind of like rebranding and and utilizing your current color scheme or whatever but like lean into it hard and the 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 henderson silver knights did it's a phenomenal jersey our buddy jeff sharples uh, will be out there along with uh, darren elliott i'm sure he'll make his way on the broadcast as the uh, henderson silver knights acknowledge hockey's past uh, which uh, got the ball rolling here in the las vegas valley some great connections over the years rod buskis uh, just celebrated a birthday uh, former uh, las vegas thunder uh, hopefully we'll see him around the rink tomorrow afternoon uh, ken quinney uh, father of gage uh, alumni of the las vegas thunder and it's it was a really big hit a year ago and tomorrow afternoon the second annual a Las Vegas Thunder tribute night at the Dollar Loan Center as the Henderson Silver Knights uh, coached by uh, Ryan Craig. Saw Ryan Craig uh, yesterday. He was mm-hmm. at the game uh, at T-Mobile Arena. Good chance to uh, to catch up with him in person. Usually I'm bugging him by text, or he's bugging me by a text. He was he, he was listening yesterday because mm-hmm. when I was talking about getting having the cart out of the barn along with the sure. horses, yep. and he, he came right up to me and said, you are, you are good. Handled that really well about the the cart being out and uh, the the chaos and how it can go sideways, but you never want to put the cart before the horse. And I thought, geez, that's that's a guy that's uh, paying attention to things. Sure. Yeah. 
You well, guys never thought of that. No, I, I literally said you, you, you put the cart before the horse, and that's how they got out of the barn. You guys yeah. never say anything that's exactly like that. What that's Ryan oh, Craig by, by that's the, on top of it. It, it was Orion, but yes. Um, it, there's a <laughs> there's a Thunder varsity jacket that's also no, like, no. What, what do you mean? No, yeah, no. no they, they, yeah, they've done this a couple of times. They did it with the military I, appreciation night. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm looking at it right now. For They're tomorrow. so good. It's amazing. Yeah, I want one. It, it's beautiful. One, uh, it'll be uh, available for purchase through the Authentics website. Okay. So all the sweaters. Well, so if you, if you, you're, you're the, you're the, the money bags on the show. So yeah, 350k I'll, guy. I'll, uh, I'll take an extra large. Thanks, Darren. Yeah, you should. Three, be, you should be. No, there's only, there's only up. one of those jackets available. No way. So it's, it's really? w- whatever size it is. Okay. You buy. Okay. Then I'll take that one. All right. Thanks, so buddy. So you got to purchase it. No, 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 no. Get, My money's spoken for. It. Oh, trust not. me. Come on, that's ridiculous. You should see my kids right now. Like, what do you, what do you mean? Well, they're they're both in uh, one's in Princeton, one's in Harvard. Really? Uh, they're both driving Maseratis that's to class. That's amazing. Like that, that's what happens when when you make three hundred fifty grand yeah. off a job like this. Time speeds up, eh? Yeah. You, I think your daughters are younger than my son. How is that you, possible? You got, <laughs> oh, they're brainiacs. Time works differently. <laughs> for you ever you? see Doogie Hauser? <laughs> Yeah, you ever yeah. See, you ever he see wasn't Doogie a millionaire. He yeah. was just he, he was, was just, just smart. intelligent. Yeah, he was a doctor. He this was, is he, not working out well no, for you. No, but he said that my kids are the same age as his son. I said they're 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 ahead yeah, of the curve. But you were you were leaning into it from a money perspective, yeah. not necessarily and, because and brains, money well, bags over you, here. You didn't make that known. It's, Come on, the, and 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 we had, we adopted our children, so like it. Well, well, before they certainly before didn't you get the intelligence be, from, from yeah, exactly. <laughs> before people start criticizing me and saying there's no way that my offspring could do it, I had uh, I had zero uh, uh, hand in in their Princeton DNA and Harvard. I like Princeton he, and Harvard. One wow. what, like the oldest one goes to Princeton, yeah. and the other one said uh, I would rather go to uh, to a different school ahead of their and time. And so yeah. she's she's in she's in she's in Harvard as a 14 year old. Can you imagine that? Unreal. I, I, yeah, being, I love being in Harvard. I love how you unintentionally took a shot at your wife there by mm. saying, by pointing out that they were adopted and they didn't get their intelligence from Harvard. What? Like it's hard? Nobody, no one's going to get that reference. That's totally fine. <laughs> I have no idea what. What is that? You've never <laughs> seen Legally Blonde? Are no. you serious? Nope. Wow. Yeah, is that I'm, Reese I'm Witherspoon? With, I'm with Chad. It is. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I I knew that much. Come on. It's amazing. All right. Uh, so we get the Las Vegas Thunder day tomorrow. Uh, they will play the Milwaukee Admirals as well tonight. So 7 o'clock tonight, 3 o'clock tomorrow, and then we'll reconvene uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, tomorrow night at uh, T-Mobile Arena against the Calgary Flames. Uh, Opportunity now, Mm -hmm. feeling really good about yourself Yep. to win back-to-back games for the first time in over a month. It it looked good against uh, Los Angeles right before New Year's. It looked really good coming off the Islander game, and now is another opportunity. So you, you've got some good pockets here. Mm-hmm. I, I know that they lost seven of nine going into last night, but now with those those three wins in in the ten, you've got three really good performances in a, a close span. Like it's good stumble, good flat spot. Good. Let's see what happens next time to to try and establish some momentum now with eight games left before the All Star break. Yeah, it's a it's a great opportunity in front of the Golden Knights right now, as you mentioned. Um, you're feeling good about 
yourself, right? You, you, there's no way you come out of the game last night feeling anything but that. And, you know, hopefully you're able to, to build upon it and uh, you, you have a similar type of game tomorrow night against Calgary. Fun times. Uh, Calgary Flames, uh, first visit this year, right, uh, to T-Mobile Arena. Yeah. Vegas has been up there, and Calgary's playing a little bit better uh, lately. They're, they're in that mix for a Western Conference playoff spot, probably closer than a lot of people would automatically realize. Well, They're, they're, two, they're two points behind Nashville mm-hmm. and, and Edmonton for mm-hmm. a wild-card spot. Yeah, and they've played one more game than Nashville and, like, four more games than the uh, the Edmonton Oilers. I, but did you did you think, I, on the surface, if you just go by the mood or the social media commentary, you never would have thought the Calgary Flames would be within reach of a playoff spot because the entire conversation all year has been about when are they going to start selling. Mm-hmm. And they've got the this group of defensemen that they can move, and they've got a couple of forwards, uh, Lindholm uh, being right at the front of the uh, the the chart, where they're going to move uh, move him. I, I heard him connected to uh, Colorado the other night. Mm-hmm. So they're being two points uh, out. Uh, I think they're they're a dangerous team. They still give up more goals than the, than they score. Um, they're just uh, a game above modern day 500. Uh, there there are some some real uh, concerns with their game, but they are at least at the halfway point, positioned to be in the race. They're in the conversation. That's that's where I'm going to go with Calgary. I, I I I get what you're saying. Like from a from strictly a points perspective, they're a win away. But mm-hmm. you know, if, again, like the the games played matter. I, I I don't. They're not catching the Edmonton Oilers. So we're talking about one spot here. We're talking about what can they catch Nashville or Seattle or even St. Louis, who are from a points percentage perspective ahead of them. Uh, even Arizona, who sits below them by a point in the standings, is a better points percentage team than the Calgary Flames. So, I, you know, there's five teams right there, and I think Calgary sits at the bottom of all five of them. I'll give you uh, a little bit of a spin on the playoff race on both sides of the conference divide of the National Hockey League next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. One-timers on the way. How we doing, Chappie? Better. Yeah? yeah? I don't know. I don't know why it didn't play. It was weird. Well, we're up and running, so why don't we celebrate by giving away a set of tickets to see the Golden Knights take on the Nashville Predators Monday afternoon, 3 o'clock start, Martin Luther King Day, 702-876-1340. Which caller do you want to take? Let's go with uh, 7. Caller number 7 right now, and we'll send you to Monday's game for the Vegas Golden Knights. Hopefully they're going for a third straight win. Uh, One-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Uh, Let's start with Nick Foligno. As so much has uh, gone wrong injury-wise and uh, different uh, sensational stories around the Chicago Blackhawks this season, but uh, Nick Foligno has been one of those great uh, cases of a veteran coming in and doing everything that's been asked of him. Uh, He gets a two-year contract extension worth uh, $4.5 million a year, and uh, he is an awesome dude. I don't know whether you guys have ever come across uh, Nick Foligno, but... uh, he is one of the uh, nicest, most genuine people, and he is a hockey nerd. Loves uh, loves the sport, loves everything about it, and the 36-year-old is uh, ready to go with a two-year extension. Now, 
He's on injury reserve right now. Uh, he was uh, like the two-for-one injuries that came out of the Connor Bedard hit yeah. that fractured his jaw. And it was uh, it was Nick that stepped in and mm -hmm. fought, and he fractured his finger. Yeah. So uh, sometimes even when you're doing the right thing, and uh, it can backfire on you. So Nick Felino's out right now uh, with that fractured finger, but uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, true to form, uh, hold their word, uh, and certain negotiations were ongoing before uh, they signed him to a two-year extension. Uh, on the goaltending scene, so much happening around the National Hockey League within the crease this year. And uh, let's go back to the start uh, of the season with uh, the situation in Edmonton uh, to right now with players being out. Uh, Linus Allmark uh, gone from the crease uh, with the Boston Bruins, hearing better things than what we initially saw uh, when he left the game against the Arizona Coyotes, uh, that he's stay, staying on the trip. Uh, Ryan Wallace reported that yesterday, but mm -hmm. uh, he could be back a lot sooner. But there's just, uh, like every team has basically been touched by some kind of uh, goaltending uh, situation. Vancouver might be one of the rare that uh, that has uh, got through it uh, so far. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, they're not really on the radar uh, when it comes to uh, acquiring a goaltender, but they might be trading one out. They've got three guys right now. I've had three guys basically all year since uh, Daniil Tarasov uh, came back uh, rehabbing from his, uh, his uh, off-season surgery. Yep. And Spencer Martin has had some time there. Elvis Merlikens so was the uh, status of the number one guy at the start of this year. But Elvis uh, Merzlikens is uh, right now uh, been pushed to the back of the pack. They're trying to see if Tarasov's the real deal. And Elvis is not happy. And while he hasn't asked for a trade, he's saying he's not a backup. And he wants to be a number one guy. Yeah. Uh, Elvis played great here. Uh, he, he One of his best performances of his career was in Vegas, and uh, we had all the Elvis lines. Sure. Uh, people are putting it together. It's Elvis. He should be in Vegas, uh, yeah. and uh, that's as far as we want to go with that. Uh, <laughs> but it, it has been out there. I, I'm not going to uh, – I just want to differentiate between the fun factor yeah. of Elvis being in Vegas and the reality of, uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights uh, because there's been uh, so much movement uh, – uh, fluidity with the goaltending increase uh, around Vegas. Uh, that m that's the type of story that could get legs where there aren't any. Yeah, uh, well, and it it is a fun story, but uh, I don't think right now uh, I haven't heard anything regarding any connections uh, beyond what Vegas is just trying to get Aiden Hill back healthy and go with uh, with Logan and Aiden. It would be funny, but it's not practical <laughs> because you're talking about a goalie that's got four years. Well, three years left beyond this one at uh, just uh, over $5 million cap it. So, like, it, it doesn't make sense from a dollars and cents perspective. Well said. Uh, two games tonight in the National Hockey League. The Stars and the Predators are goalless, and the Flyers are searching for uh, a goal and a lead against the Minnesota Wild in their encounter last night. Uh, there's 13 games in the National Hockey League, and you really had to get back through it uh, and, and sort it out uh, while we're over uh, at T-Mobile uh, working the games. But uh, Edmonton uh, deserves so much more. Like It was funny, like, a couple of nights ago, they scored five and only got credit for, for a couple. 
and uh, last night uh, they had almost 50 shots against Detroit and had to squeak out a 3-2 win. Uh, things are coming together for Edmonton on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. Like, don't look now, but they've been much better keeping the puck out of the net lately. Yeah, I, I mean, they're... You mentioned, and it's not just goaltending. No, it isn't just goaltending. Like I, I mean, especially when you look at <laughs> the, the stat line for Calvin Pickard after last night's game, he only allows two goals, so like good on him, but he only saw 16 shots, and that's a credit to the Edmonton Oilers, not just playing with the puck and certainly having um, the, the possession, but cutting down on, on the, the quality chances against. You also have Edmonton extending their winning streak yep. which is uh, absolutely uh, on fire right now and uh, that's the part that uh, that everybody's going to have to deal with as they now have, uh, have a franchise record winning streak yeah nine games nine games for the uh, for the Edmonton Oilers and uh, they're like right behind the Los Angeles Kings now uh, the Jets have won eight in a row as they get by the Chicago Blackhawks and uh, that is one of the biggest stories of the regular season so far is the resurgence of, of that organization being able to win games uh, they had to uh, grind one out against a team that uh, you would have thought uh, would have been a, a little bit more uh, in control uh, other teams that uh, have big winning streaks are going right now the Florida Panthers uh, have won nine in a row as they beat the Los Angeles Kings last night in overtime you know, it's interesting for LA because like this is a, a team that that has had leads on this road trip. Like they have had moments where, you know, it could have been a really strong, a really great road trip for LA, and they have just kind of found unique and interesting ways to break the hearts of their fans. And it, it's cost them now um, a couple of games. And as I just mentioned, the the Edmonton Oilers are breathing down the necks of the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, if you're not winning right now, yeah. you're losing ground. Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, how important the situation was for Vegas last night to pick up a win because uh, Edmonton has won nine in a row. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks have won four in a row as they have uh, gone through and had won a remarkable uh, road trip. Uh, Les Pedersen with four points last night for the, the Vancouver Canucks and the Seattle Kraken. Uh, they've got an eight-game winning streak, so it's it is. If you're not winning in the Western Conference right now, mm-hmm. you are losing ground. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, as you mentioned, it, it was important for the Golden Knights. They're, they're just six, six points back now of the Vancouver Canucks. But it was, again, one of those situations where you've, you've got to try to keep that within range and you've got to keep the cushion that you have right now over the Edmonton Oilers. Because, again, as, as we are looking at it right now, the Oilers have hit their stride and, and they have been... Uh, the best team in hockey, really, since uh, Chris Chris Knobloch took over. The Vegas Golden Knights, uh, at this point, 53 points, uh, six points behind the Vancouver Canucks for first place in the Western Conference playoff race. It's it's on right now. It's so competitive on both sides uh, of the NHL conference divide. Uh, you really have uh, uh, eight teams playing for four spots in the East. It's that jammed up. Mm-hmm. Eight teams for four spots. And in the West, I've got it down to seven teams for two spots right now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put uh, put Edmonton uh, in there, but uh, I'm still not sure about L.A., so I'll, I'll have some wiggle room on that one. It's not the obvious two, 
but uh, Seattle, St. Louis is still in there. Calgary uh, has a look. Uh, Arizona's hit a wobble. I'm not sure about Minnesota, but I'll give them the benefit of the doubt uh, uh, right now. But uh, you've, you've got uh, a, a lot of teams vying for a very small number of spots. 702-876-1340 is the number to call if you want to go to Monday's game between the Predators and the Vegas Golden Knights. A be caller number, Chapman. Let's go with 10. 10 on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So you guys were talking a little bit about tomorrow. Henderson Silver Knights doing their Las Vegas Thunder Night, I assume. And I don't know. Make could be totally wrong. But boom, boom. We'll make an appearance at the game and see there you go you yeah. start talking about things and you're not sure well i said i assume i'm hoping that boom boom will make an <laughs> see, appearance there's a difference between there's, assuming yeah. and hoping but I, I hope boom boom makes an appearance but just to kind of show you how how small of like las vegas is a big city but to show you how small the kind of sports community here biggest is. biggest sports town uh that uh it's the smallest big town ever I think that's Reno slogan that or something is like Reno. that. Yeah. Is it? Something I didn't like know that. They're making yeah. everybody in Nevada angry. Yeah, well, listen. Northern Nevada anyway. Yeah, no, well, they don't huh. count. But um, anyway, just okay. to kind of kind of touch on it, I don't know how many people out there know the name John Sassenti, but he's the executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl. Well, way back in the 1990s, John Sassenti was actually the guy who dressed up as Boom Boom. Here we are. Almost, what, 30 years later, John Sassenti, now the executive director of the Las Vegas Bowl. However, he still has mm. the Boom Boom head okay. in his office where he gets to do his Las Vegas Bowl duties. So, uh, small world, and, and this town, it's grown a lot. However, I think a lot of the major players or the players are still part of the community one way or another. And uh, just goes to show, you can start at the very bottom and work your way up to a pretty high position. So, uh John, a guy I've gotten to know a little bit. He's from Red Bank, New Jersey, not too far from where I grew up. So uh, a guy I, I always enjoy chatting with. But you don't know whether it's going to be there or not. Well, I don't know if he's going to be there or not. No, no, I mean, no, the mascot. You have no idea. I, I, I have no idea. I mean, I hope so. You you, you you do recognize the difference between I assume Yeah, and of I course. Hope. Yeah, I misspoke. Okay. But You did the same thing this week with that island thing and Star Wars. Yeah. By it wasn't Ock 2. By, by the way... Yeah. One of the GAs, the the graduate assistants with there Golden go. Knights. Yeah, there you go. A lot of people probably don't know that, but yeah. Well, she, she well they came also up. have names. Yeah, but I, I there's 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 quite a few of them, and it's hard for me to. I think her name is Rebecca. I don't know for sure. I think it's Rebecca, but I know she's from Westchester, Pennsylvania, because we've talked about that. My I have family that used to live in Westchester, but anyway, she came up to me last night and she kind of made a joke. She's like, "Oh, I hear you're moving to the Faroe Islands," mm-hmm. so. It's cool that, that we have the, the graduate assistants listen to the show every day, and, and she's a very nice girl, so uh, I probably should learn her name. You're unbelievable. <laughs> I've, I've got no comment here. I'm not unbelievable. I I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I Go I introduce yourself tomorrow night. I, I will. You know what? If she's listening, she's probably going to be mad that I don't know Go her name. introduce yourself. Well, she knows who I am. No, but wow. introduce yourself oh so you know gosh. their name. Yes, I know. I, I, I should do that so I don't That forget. was an egotistical statement. They know made. who I am. Well, she uh, listens Chapman. to the show. It's not, listen, it's not like I'm, I'm 
I'm saying I'm a big deal. It sounds like it. But the introduction wasn't for your sake. Well, no, but all right. I, I will. And then you can enjoy the Vegas Golden Knights against the Calgary Flames and the Golden Knights wearing their winter classic kit tomorrow Ooh, night. Yeah. Fun. That'll be great. Does that mean Calgary wears their red jerseys? Stop it. You have full authority to go over the top for him.